Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Oilers and Devils tomorrow at Rogers Place. 1130 for the face-off show here on 630 Chad. Game will start at 1. I am doing uh, the show from Rogers Place tonight. The Oil Kings and the Hitmen are warming up. Fan appreciation night for the Oil Kings, which is pretty cool. And General Manager Kurt Hill joins me here in the booth. Look, uh, I am going to ask you about the fan support, and, and, and I know you know you're the ho- a hockey ops guy, but I, I just I, I'm just wondering for you. Several years now as the GM, and, and the World Kings are an important part of this community, and I have found like you have great fans, and like I was when I was walking in today, I saw jerseys and jackets and all that kind of stuff. I mean, you guys, I think you guys get great support. No, there's no question we do. I mean. It- Ever since day one that I've been here, it's, I've been amazed at uh, the support that this team gets in this community. And, you know, even with us going through a, a pretty long hiatus there of COVID and uh, just coming out of it, it's, you know, the last, even through that, when we started the season here, the fan support was good. And, you know, now coming out of it, once the some of the mandates dropped, it's been it's been fantastic. I mean, that game against Winnipeg was a, was a playoff-like atmosphere, and it seems like every crowd since then has been outstanding. So it's... Uh, you know, and our guys feed off that. They know we got great support in this town, and uh, you know that helps them. That helps them every night, and shows with the home record this year. Yeah. Well, I was saying at the start of the show, it's it's uh, almost front page news when you guys lose a game. <laughs> Tell me about riding that 14 game winning streak. A team record, just incredible. Yeah. You know, I think it's one of those things when you're in it, you don't want to talk about it a lot because you want to stay in it, but. Uh, yeah, you know, just it was just remarkable, guys finding w- different ways to do it. You know, a lot of the nights, too, we, we had big leads. We won games. We came back in a few games, and, you know, and then we go on that road trip, and it was a tough three-game road trip, and playing back-to-back in Swift Current, and guys finding a way to gut that out against a, a team that's desperate to try to get in the playoffs right now. And, you know, Wednesday night was just one of those games that uh, we played pretty well. Meyer played good, and it was just, I guess it was meant to be to come to an end, but lots of credit to, to the guys, especially with us having some key co- key cogs out of our lineup for a lot of it too. Okay, so tell me about the uh, tell me about the injuries because it's and, and I know I'm not going to ask you what the injuries are. I know <laughs> but but uh, there are some significant guys not playing here. Yeah, well like as we as we talked about Jake, you know, he's probably slated to come back in early April and you know, Gooley's probably going to be back, um, you know, mid-April, I would say, at this t- at this timeline. And Sertif, uh, he's not going to play tonight, but he should be back next week. He's kind of more of a, just a day-to-day. And Peters, we're expecting him back uh, next Friday, likely. Okay. So, um, And Brandon Cooney's still out. He, he's kind of just been day-to-day, just some, a little nagging injury. And, you know, hopefully he can come back next Friday as well. So it's, uh, you know... We don't play a lot of games from now to the end of the season. We got we got just we got nine in the next five six weeks, so it uh, gives us an opportunity to hopefully catch up and get get our guys healthy and ready for playoffs. Okay, so can you explain that? To, like I have a general sense of how the schedule was adjusted, but can you sort of elaborate on that? Yeah, so they ended up adjusting, adding two weeks to our schedule at the end of the season, just to give it, and that was primarily actually to give time to the OHL and the Q to catch up with, because they had significant shutdowns in those leagues, so gave them the time to to catch up and what we ended up doing was every team was given two games per week 
Um, okay. And so usually at the end of the season that you're only playing usually two a week so then it just happened that five weeks we got almost what we like to call a, a college schedule where it's just two games a week for five weeks so um guys get a little bit more time for practice and for us uh, being a little banged up right now a little more uh, r&r to get guys healthy okay and still so with that amount of time left what it's still like five or six teams you could play in the first round yeah it's uh i mean the we're kind of fighting for those that's the top two spots in our division right, right now and yeah you got to probably about a five-team race down there of, of who you can see any team okay so we'll find out that about a little bit later on uh in about uh, 10 or 12 minutes we're gonna talk to cam moon he's over at claire drake arena he's gonna watch the golden bears and ubc uh, how many oil kings x oil kings you got in that series we got four four for my my tenure yeah we got three, wow. three on ubc and one on uva which is uh, so you know the guys that go pro get a lot of attention but so many guys go u sports canada west i mean a lot of guys have gone oil king straight to the golden bears are you how like do, do u sports coaches call you are they are they looking for tape or thoughts on guys that maybe aren't going to go pro yeah they're you know they kind of they, they're doing same same thing that kind of i guess the nhl teams are doing they're doing their recruiting they're trying to get guys to come they're they're watching the overage players like the nhl guys would be for free agent contracts so they're doing they're doing their due diligence i know the uh, calgary dinos coach sent me a note saying he's going to come to the game tonight so um yeah they're they're watching those 20 year old players and seeing uh, you know which guys they can get to attract to their program next season yeah that's awesome. Okay, well, thanks for, for popping up. I know I probably took you out of your pregame routine, but it's great to see you. It's awesome you guys are having such an exciting season. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing this one tonight. And, of course, we'll talk again down the road, Kurt. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for having me, Reed. That is Kurt Hill, general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, who are wrapping up the warm-up here against the Calgary Hitmen with the game coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. And we got the Oilers tomorrow in this building, 11.30 face-off show game at 1.00. And we are going to keep rolling here. We're going to go to the University of Alberta. Why not? And welcome back to the show from the Pandas volleyball team, Corey White. Corey, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing very well. I uh, I look forward to your now regular appearances on Inside Sports. Oh, I'm glad. But I have to follow up with the general manager of the Oil Kings. So, <laughs> woo. <laughs> yeah, well, hey. You're, well, congratulations, by the way. You're Canada West Player of the Year. In women's wow, volleyball. How does that feel? Oh, it feels, uh, well, it feels awesome. Like, I can't lie. It's such an honor because our league has such incredible female athletes. So to be recognized as one of the best is just, it's just really awesome and really humbling. Did, did you think you were going to win? Did, or did you give it any thought? Um, I honestly did not think so because I was really honored uh, to get it in my fourth year. So... I, and this year, like, there was a lot of girls just honestly firing off. Like, this year was tough, and there was a lot of senior athletes that were having incredible seasons. So I just thought, I was like, oh, yeah, it's like there are so many girls that were so deserving of it. So it did really shock me. Okay. So just the, the backstory here, if people have uh, missed it, uh, you were on about a month ago because uh, you broke the Canada West kills record, and we had a great yeah. chat. And uh, you said, well, we got more big games coming up, so hopefully I can be on again. And I said, well, if the Pandas keep advancing, we'll keep having you on. So you made it through the first stage of the playoffs. And uh, what happened this afternoon? Uh, yeah, so we actually just beat Mount Royal, which advanced us to Nationals. So we just got our spot. And now we play tomorrow at Seville at 3 p.m. for the Canada West Finals. 
Okay, so you were going for Canada West Gold, but you were assured of a spot in Nationals. Yeah, so we got ourselves a spot in Nationals for sure. Now we just want to, of course, win gold in Nationals. I win gold at Canada West because it'll set us up. Um, set ourselves up nicely for nationals. Okay, and you're on home court, so people can go tomorrow afternoon and watch you play if they, if they want. Two o'clock? Yeah, so tomorrow at Seville, 3 p.m. again. Sorry, okay. Yeah, 3 p.m. against Trinity Western. Okay, so look, you've done a great job talking about yourself and, and promoting the Pandas program. I, I want you to, I want to ask you a couple other things because you've been very, you've been very informative and very honest. What, okay. What's it like for you the whole student athlete experience like have you always stayed right on top of your studies was it a challenge ever tell me about that um well i find for many like student athletes there's a lot of people that are student athletes and athlete students i've always been an athlete student so academics does not come easy and especially when you're spending so much time during your day like it's most of your evening is devoted to volleyball. So from 4 o'clock to around 8 p.m., it's volleyball where um, I don't want to speak on other students, but I think most of the time the average student would use that time to study. So um, most, like for all athletes, it's really cool when you get to see them compete their five years of university and get a degree at the same time because a lot of our time where we could be sitting there and studying and learning we're usually spending it on the court and learning our own like our own game our own sport so it's it's not been an easy journey and it hasn't been for a lot of athletes so um yeah it's been it's been tough (laughs) so all right so when you're doing your volleyball from four to eight how much of that is on court how much of that is film how much might that be like it might sound stupid but i don't know like lifting weights or stretching or that kind of stuff like tell me what happens in those four hours usually it's like an hour of weights so um some day some days it's like you'll have weights from four to five and then you'll have practice from five to seven and then you'll usually follow that up um our team will follow it up with either cardio session for 45 minutes or we'll have video from anywhere from hour to an hour and a half after practice Okay, and then are there any other, like, are there ever early morning demands? Do you have to uh, do, like, camps with young players? Like, what about that side of it? Yeah, well, some girls will actually do their weights in the morning. And, yeah, there's a lot of, um, there's like, a lot of girls will do coaching one-on-one with younger athletes. Um, a lot of our athletes also participate coaching with club and doing a lot of also just, like, fundraising things. Um any type of things they can do with the university to support athletics um, with just fundraising or doing a lot of just uh, charity work. So there's actually a lot of things we do um, all throughout the day and all throughout our um, season. Yeah. See, I'm glad you're telling me this because I I think that um, it's important to communicate the commitment level for a lot of post-secondary athletes i mean this is not where uh, you're on a free ride and you just put your name on the test and you there's a under the table deal to give everybody an a like it's like you're it's full it, everything's full time like it's like you're double full time yeah exactly like um athletes are always working so hard and i think there are times where we have like a negative opinion on us and it's just people thinking oh like they got into university because of their sports well there's a ton of athletes that got into university because of their academics and on top of that they're an amazing athlete like you can't 
get into a high, well-known school like the U of A without being strong on the academic side too. So I think like people kind of forget that aspect as well, that not only are we like competing in a high, um, like high excelling sport, we're also working really hard in the school aspect because we want to walk out with um, a really good undergraduate degree. And we want to usually follow that up with going for masters because we don't get to play sports for our entire career, unfortunately. And like you still, we have jobs we need to do. And it's like the, every typical student that is doing the exact same thing, we're doing it as well, but we're doing it like as well with competing as, as an athlete. So, sorry, where are nationals next week? Uh, nationals will be in Calgary next week. Okay, so you're not going far, but you got to leave. And I, and I assume you'd, you're going to be gone for a few days. So how do you, what, what do you do with the schoolwork stuff? Do you get your assignments ahead of time? You know, if there's something due, do you get an extension? Like, tell me how it works when you get to travel. Yeah, so um, most of us just, we're usually traveling the whole year, and especially when it gets to playoffs, you travel, like, a lot more. So a lot of us just try and, like, you almost try and work really hard to get ahead so that, like, when you come to playoffs, you don't have to be, like, scrambling with a bunch of school stuff. And so you try and, like, a lot of athletes try and, like, advance themselves, get assignments done ahead and stuff. But I've also had, like, amazing profs at the U of A that have been really helpful on just being, like, okay, you have a midterm at the same time you're gone. Let's move it to a different day. Or let's make up these certain grades here or there. I found, like, there's a ton of accommodating profs understanding what we do. But athletes also... I think they get that help too because we we don't like a lot of athletes don't usually ask for us much and I find that a lot of profs have had really great athletes that are like really great students at the same time so they're willing to do the extra work so that usually help profs usually help us even more but I find just everyone just tries to get ahead as much as possible or once your season ends you're kind of playing the little panic scramble pickup game right. <laughs> but we all have more time for <laughs> okay so 3 p.m tomorrow savile center canada west women's volley championship game u of a again do you know who you're playing it or is it still going on uh trinity western trinity western okay and then you're off the nationals in calgary and that's next what thursday to saturday uh, the games will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was off by day. Okay. Well, Corey, thank you so much for coming on again. Thanks for having me again. Well, you know what has to happen for one more appearance. You know it. <laughs> You're awesome to have on the show, and congratulations on winning Player of the Year, and good luck tomorrow. Wow. Thank you so much. That is Corey White from the Pandas volleyball team. Man, she is great to talk to. Very smart, very dedicated, as you can tell. And uh, the Pandas go for Canada West gold tomorrow and then for national gold in Calgary next weekend. Awesome stuff. Uh, I'm at Rogers Place. we got the game between the Oil Kings and the Hitmen coming up. Here's what's going on in the NHL. After two, Flyers and Senators tied 1-1. Late in the second, Capitals and Hurricanes tied 2-2. No score after one, Bruins and Jets. Uh, Sabres and Flames, one of the games coming up later. We'll go to Claire Drake. Talk to Mooner next. That is classic Van Halen. Speaking of classics, Oilers play-by-play voice Cam Moon. He's going to call the Oilers and the Devils tomorrow. Tonight, he's at Claire Drake Arena getting set to take in the Golden Bears and UBC. Mooner, what's the vibe, my man? Oh, it's a good vibe, Reed. Everybody's filing in. It's going to be uh, raucous, very festive. Uh, the Claire Drake, when it gets going, it gets going. And I think they'll have a pretty good crowd here today. Game one of the a best of three 
uh, Canada West final. Of course, both teams will go to nationals, but still, they would like to determine who's going to be the champion for this year. So I, I would expect a very hotly contested final series. Uh, Bears coming off that sweep of Calgary. So they've been rolling. Hey, they've got a really good club. There's a lot of talent here. I don't know if you've spotted him, but I have seen on Twitter that Oilers general manager Ken Holland is at the game. Uh, give us a sense of who you think he may be keeping an eye on. Yeah, well, he's here. He's about 15 feet away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, I certainly going to check out, watch everybody. But the guy that, to me, that at least from the Bears side of things, that has, uh, elevated himself over the course of the season is Noah Philp. And, and Philp, who is from Canmore, uh, played with the Seattle Thunderbirds and the Kootenai Ice and the WHL. He had eight points in those first two games against uh, the Calgary Dinos. So he, he really does, um, he's really taken it up a notch. So, you know, big, strong, right shot forward that has been going hard to the net and been making some plays. But I would think he would be on the radar for, for some teams. And you know what? Uh, Ryland Thompson goal for UBC is, I know he's uh, he's backed up at a Canucks game or two this year. So uh, he's in his last season in uh, university hockey, and he's a guy that played with uh, the Red Deer Rebels, the Seattle Thunderbirds, and the WHL. I know he's had a really good university career, and you know, he might be on the radar of some teams as well. And he's the one that stole the series against the Bears two yeah. years ago. They got UBC yeah. to the Nationals that wound up not getting finished because of the because of the pandemic. Uh, NHL today, what did you think of the, the Brandon Hagel trade going to the Lightning? Well, Chicago? I mean, that's a heck of a, a heck of a return on a guy that you signed as a 20-year-old free agent out of the WHL that you know any team could have had. I mean, he was drafted by Buffalo, but he went unsigned. He came back as a 20, then got signed by Chicago, and it had a pretty quick rise to the NHL, all on sheer hard work. And I've got to give Brandon Hagel credit. He worked hard at the WHL as a 20 to get that contract, and he worked even harder in the American League to get to the NHL. He's become an impact player. He's become a top six guy for the Hawks, and they turned that around and get a pretty good return for him. I, I, I guess I don't, from Chicago's point of view, when you got a guy like Hagel, who is the top six player, that is at $1.5 million for another two years after this year, yeah, that's a, that's a good return if you want to stock picks and what have you. But it'd be tough to give up a guy like that that's coming in at that dollar value. So I, honestly, when, when his name had come up about a week ago, I was like, oh, I can't see them moving them. And then this morning when it looked like a deal was imminent, I, I still couldn't believe they were going to move them. But I, the return was fair, I thought. All right. And uh, in our final 90 seconds here, Mooder, the homestand so far for the Oilers has been excellent, 4-0. Yeah, maybe not smooth sailing all the way, but I think they've been pretty going pretty well. I mean, a chance to make it a perfect homestand tomorrow against the Devils. Yeah, they and they've got to be ready to go, and they, they most certainly were against Buffalo. They they were ready to go against Detroit, except they just uh, they didn't stay that ready, and it fell apart on them. But they pulled that one out of the fire. They have played well here on this stand. They've been getting 
players back into the lineup. Getting Yessip Pugliarvi back, getting uh, Chris Russell back, and getting a, a quality start out of Mike Smith was good too. So lots of positives. I hope that they keep that rolling tomorrow afternoon against the Devils. Mooner, do me a favor, text me halfway through the first period and then at the end of the first period so I can get the score on the air. Okay, I will. That is Cam Moon checking in from Claire Drake Arena. The Gold Bears and UBC about to drop the puck. Game one of the best of three Canada West final. I am at uh, Oil Kings game against the Hitman. It's fan appreciation night for the Oil Kings. This game starting in about 10 minutes or so. And of course, the Oilers tomorrow, 11.30 faceoff show game at one against the Devils. John Shannon is sitting right next to me. We are going to have an hour of jovial storytelling. Probably. Plus, John already appears jovial, so now he's just going to bring the storytelling. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.